Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, would you consider Findlay to be an affordable place to live? A close look at families' monthly expenses here compared to other cities in Ohio and around the country points to what may be a somewhat surprising answer. Also this morning, no network, no internet, now what? The threats to business cybersecurity have never been greater, and because of our increased reliance on technology, the consequences have never been more substantial. And with winter coming soon, you don't want your heating, plumbing, or electrical system to play tricks on you. That's why now is the time for some seasonal home maintenance. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. So today is National It's My Party Day. It's my party. Uh, a party for uh, Kimberly's. Uh, big shout out to all of the Kimberly's of the world. It's National Kimberly Day. Uh, perhaps not coincidentally, I'm not sure. It is the International Day of the Girl Child. It is International Face Your Fears Day. Uh, National Sausage Pizza Day. National Coming Out Day. It is You Go Girl Day today. And it is Southern Food Heritage Day today. So reasons to celebrate. By the way, speaking of uh, Southern foods, do you hear this story? It was uh, big news uh, yesterday. I think I uh, heard this yesterday afternoon or uh, the uh, story about the uh, guy who has filed a class action lawsuit against Texas Pete's hot sauce. Southern Food Heritage Day, not all Southern foods are created equal. Uh, Apparently, uh, this guy um, bought a jar of Texas Pete's hot sauce only to learn later that the product is not actually made in Texas. It is a product from a company in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, which is still Southern, but not Texas. And so the lawsuit claims false advertising. Uh, Philip White is the guy's name. He's from California. (laughs) Of course he is. Uh, (laughs) California. And uh, purchased a bottle of Texas Pete's at a Ralph's supermarket in September of 2021. Uh, He said he believed it was made in Texas, according to the complaint. Um, The lawsuit said that uh, Mr. White would not have bought the hot sauce. Uh, nor would he have paid as much for it if he knew its true origin. Now, there are so many things wrong with this with this story. Anyway, uh, the complaint alleges that the uh, makers of the hot sauce knowingly capitalized on consumers' desire to partake in the culture and authentic cuisine of one of the most prideful states in America. So they're just co-opting the image of Texas, even though they're in uh, North Carolina. Now, here's the uh, number of problems that I uh, find with this. Um, first of all, he bought it at a Ralph's supermarket. Does Ralph own the supermarket, or is it uh, is it really Ralph's supermarket, or should we sue uh, because Ralph doesn't own the supermarket? Um <laughs> Uh, by the way, the uh, hot sauce, even though it's called Texas Pete's and it's from a North Carolina company, it is uh, billed as a Louisiana style hot sauce. So all kinds of problems uh, with that. And uh, I, I I have been inspired by this, uh, though. I have been inspired by this. 
I am going to file a lawsuit against Texas Roadhouse because they have locations that are not in Texas. And who's with me? Who's with me, people? <clears throat> Enough of this. Anyway. So kind of a, a crazy story there. Some of the other uh, most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Tuesday morning started. This is a really interesting study published in the Journals of Gerontology. A study that uh, finds that men age faster than women. And men age faster than women. And the effects are seen even in 20-somethings. This study tracked the biological age of... 2,240 twins, 151 pairs of twins were brother-sister, which allowed for a gender comparison. Biologically, men in their 50s were four years older than their female counterparts. Uh, Men age faster than women, is what they concluded. Younger men saw a difference of an average of 1.2 years, but by the time they're in their 50s, they are biologically four years older than their uh, female counterparts. Even when genes and lifestyle are accounted for, women tend to age better. Uh, One theory is that estrogen has a beneficial health impact for females. So that's it. Um... On the other hand, about the difference between women and men, this was kind of interesting. There's a uh, stereotype that uh, marriage is an institution that benefits women but costs men, which is why, so the saying goes, women try to entrap men into getting married and men try to stay single for as long as possible. And try and resist marriage for as long as possible, holding on to the freedom they believe that women want to take from them. Well, these cultural stereotypes persist as they do, despite evidence. The, the evidence actually is exactly the opposite. Marriage actually serves men much more than women in almost every way. Uh, this is the uh, research here. Married men are better off than single men. They are healthier wealthier, and happier. Single women, however, are better off than married women. Married men uh, are happier than married women, and unmarried women are happier than unmarried men. So it's the exact opposite as research. Who knew? Crazy. See, this is why we're, uh, we're all messed up, because we have these perceptions, and they are the exact opposite of reality. That's why we are so messed up. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, men and women, a new study published in the journal Psychological Science analyzed 80,000 adults from nine countries. And what they find is that it turns out, here's another misperception that we have. It turns out that having siblings does not strongly impact your adult personality. How many times have you heard that uh, girls who have a lot of brothers are more likely to be tomboys. Not true. Um, According to this study, while there may be some effects of having siblings, um, 
personality does not appear to be one of those effects. Uh, Studies have shown that women with brothers tend to earn less when employed, and the eldest child is more likely to be overweight in that scenario. But uh, it is not true that uh, girls that have brothers, either older or younger, tend to be uh, tomboys. Not true, according to this survey. Kind of interesting. So anyway, some of the uh, other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. A lot to start with uh, here this morning. A lot of uh, good stuff here for you to chew on right out of the gate. Uh, Wallet Hub is out with their latest ranking of America's safest cities. Now, when we say safest cities, the most immediate thing you think of is crime. But they go beyond that. Crime is certainly one factor that they take into account. They also uh, figure in propensity for natural disasters, and also financial safety they take into account, which is kind of interesting. I'm not sure how you account for financial safety, but that's what they, that's what they say. So the safest, safest cities in America, according to WalletHub, number one, Columbia, Maryland, the safest city in America, Columbia, Maryland. Nashua, New Hampshire is number two, Laredo, Texas. Number three on the list. So those are the top three. Uh, At the bottom of the list, Detroit, Fort Lauderdale, San Bernardino, and St. Louis. The bottom of the... uh, um, By the way, uh, Juneau, Alaska ranks number one in financial safety. Again, whatever that means. But uh, Juneau, Alaska is number one if you want to be financially safe. Um... Dover, Delaware, safest from natural disasters of all places. Dover, Delaware. Okay. Um, I would think somewhere in the center of the country, maybe, well, Kansas has tornadoes. Where do they not have tornadoes but are very uh, not, what, maybe the Dakotas? Uh, They do have tornadoes there, too, don't they? Um, I'm trying to think, where would you go well, I guess what Wallet Hub says Dover, Delaware. I would, I would just think, oh, maybe that's too far inland to uh, really be concerned all that much with hurricanes. I don't know. I just, that's what I was thinking. Uh, by the way, in case you're uh, curious, uh, the highest ranking Ohio city on the list, and by the way, there are 182 cities on this list overall. Highest ranking Ohio city on the safest cities list, Toledo. At number 119, you have to go all the way down down to number 119 before you get to Toledo, but it is number one among cities in the state of Ohio. Akron is number 131, Cincinnati 141, Columbus is number 159 out of 182 overall, and uh, which is crazy because I think of Columbus as a fairly safe city. Um And uh, Cleveland is number 169 out of 182. So those are the Ohio cities on the list of the uh, safest cities uh, in the country. It seemed to imply that Ohio is just not a real safe place to be overall, at least according to this. Um, We're coming up on cold and flu season. A recent poll finds 70% of American adults say they believe that getting an annual flu shot is the best way to prevent Uh, Flu-related complications, hospitalization, and yes, even death. It does happen. But only, even though 70% of American adults believe 
the getting a flu shot is effective, only 49% say they actually plan to get one. Uh, Moore said that they intend to wear a mask at least sometimes this winter to avoid catching the flu, which is kind of interesting. I don't know that you would have seen that prior to the pandemic, but uh, there is an uptick in the folks who intend to mask up this winter. Those who said that they will not get the flu shot say they doubt it works very well or it may have side effects. And others worried that they could get the flu from the shot, which is a common misperception we've talked about on the program a number of times you can't get the flu from the flu shot and others just say well i never get the flu anyway so i'm not going to bother with the uh, flu shot okay um there are other ways to boost your immune system in time for cold and flu season number of healthy foods can be effective in supporting your body's fight against infectious diseases uh foods rich in vitamin a c d and e are your best friends heading into the cold weather season. More zinc and iron can also help you keep the sniffles at bay, it says here. So, stock up on kale, spinach, turmeric uh, for vitamin-dense staples, it says here. Oysters, beef, pecans, and eggs are high in zinc. Red meat, nuts, and fortified breakfast cereals contain the zinc that you need as well. So, add those to your shopping list. And by the way... Uh, speaking of those bugs that go around this time of year, a new study has a solution for those antibiotic-resistant superbugs that we hear about from time to time in the news. Those superbugs that antibiotics can't kill. Are you ready for this? The solution for the problem of antibiotic-resistant superbugs, potatoes. I kid you not, potatoes. Uh, researchers say they contain solan- solanomycin, solanomycin. Anyway, they can <laughs> they they contain this thing which can fight fungi, and by finding a way to capture this capability, people and plants can be protected from fungal diseases that are resistant to antibiotics. Our future steps are focused on trying to use this antibiotic antifungal for plant production, according to Dr. Miguel Matia. And after being used on plants, medications for humans based on this could be on the horizon as well. So who knew potatoes uh, can maybe keep you safe from superbugs? Big, big news. There you go, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories, to be sure, to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, it'll be sunny early today, but clouds will be increasing throughout the day, a high of 74. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 57. The Highway Patrol says a Finley woman was killed in a single vehicle crash on Interstate 75 in Finley. The Highway Patrol says Shelby Blue of Finley was entering northbound 75 from US 68 when she lost control of her vehicle and it rolled and hit the concrete median wall. The 30-year-old was pronounced dead at the scene and the Highway Patrol says the crash remains under investigation. In Toledo, police are still investigating after a shooting happened at the Whitmer and Central Catholic High School football game on Friday night. 
School leaders say they're working with the city and Toledo police to go through the security footage from that game. They say their first priority is safety and couldn't be prouder of how everyone followed the school's safety plan. We practice for things like this, but we hope they never happen. Uh, instinct took over immediately and everyone knew what their job was. WTOL 11 reporting that two adults and a 17-year-old Whitmer High School student were injured in the shooting. Certain iPhone users will need to take an extra step before hopping on a roller coaster. After the iPhone 14's new crash detection features activating during roller coaster rides and calling 911. The feature has set off at least six false alarms for emergency personnel near Kings Island. That's since the phones went on sale in September. The same crash detection technology is also featured on the Apple Watch 8. We're told the fix is simple. Put the iPhone 14 and the Apple Watch 8 on airplane mode before you board a roller coaster. ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. The November 8th election is quickly approaching and the Hancock County Board of Elections says they could always use more poll workers. If you would like to apply to be a poll worker, please call our office 419-422-3245 and uh, talk to us about volunteering to be a poll worker. Jody O'Brien with the Hancock County Board of Elections encourages people to go to the BOE's website to see if they're registered at their current address. And while visiting the website, you can also see what candidates and issues will be on the ballot and where your voting precinct will be located. Today is the voter registration deadline. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So our cover story this morning, would you consider Findlay to be an affordable place to live? Now, obviously, there are many factors that go into defining the word affordable, but a new report ranking cities large and small all across the country by the amount spent on household bills points to what may be something of a surprising answer. Liz Powell is director of Doxo Insights. Doxo is an online financial management and bill payment platform. So Liz, this household spending report is based on data from your users averaging out the amount that they actually spend for the household essentials that we all have. Is that right? That's correct. Um, We have about 8 million consumers uh, who use our service across the United States, and they pay their bills to about a hundred thousand different uh, service providers. So these, um, this in- these insights that we have are based on actual payments to about 10 of the most common household bills. And so based on that data, you find that families in Findlay spend an average of $1,665 per month on those bills, which is substantially lower than the national average and even in the lower half among cities in the state of Ohio. Yeah, so um, it's about almost 17% lower than the national average, which is around $2,003. So, you know, Folks in Finley are getting a, a fairly good deal, and there's a few um, there's a few factors that contribute to that. If you look at um, sort of what drives up the cost of living across the entire United States, it is mostly related to, or I should say, up or down, um, what people pay on mortgage or rent. Mm-hmm. Um, those are obviously the, the biggest chunks of you know our our daily or our monthly expenses. Right. Um, so. Yeah, so the price of, of living in terms of paying for your actual house 
um, is fairly low in Finley, um, quite a bit lower than the national average for both mortgage and rent. Which is, like I said, this may come come as something of a surprise to some people because I think there is a perception that this is an upscale community, a rather well-to-do city. We hear a lot about a shortage of affordable housing and so on. You know, when we're paying our bills every month, it's hard to get that big picture. I wonder if you could say the same thing about many communities. Yeah, I mean, it is it, it, the price of living is associated usually with this with mortgage and rent, um, meaning like that's that's the biggest chunk of what folks pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit it's a little bit strange, you know, if if uh, Finley is known uh, to the residents there mm-hmm. as an expensive place to live, um, you know, relative to the rest of the U.S., it's rather affordable for mortgage and rent. But what I will say is, you know all of the other categories that make up this, the 10 that, that are the most common, um, most of those are, are fairly in line with uh, what the rest of the United States pays. Well, um, and in some cases, it's even more. Well, and, and again, from the data, you find that on average, uh, residents of Finley are spending about 37% of their household income on you know those essentials, which is not... Uh, really all that out of whack for what most financial experts say our uh, expenses should be. Yeah, most are most folks across the United States pay around that um, that percentage of their household income they they put towards um, towards their monthly bills. Yeah, um, and it, it's also worth pointing out that affordability isn't always everything that it's cracked up to be. I mean, San Jose, California is the most expensive city in the U.S. But the big big metro areas, not a big surprise there. Detroit is the least expensive among big metro. Metro areas again, probably not a surprise, and both of those cities have some pretty serious issues coming out of that. Different issues, but serious issues that they have to deal with uh, based on uh, on that. So it's you really don't want to be at either end of the spectrum, really. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, and if you look at those are the the biggest cities across the United States, mm-hmm. and you know. It's thirty two hundred dollars on a monthly basis in the city of or the area of San Jose mm. is very expensive. Yeah. I mean, the thing that you can think about um, with that area of the country is that um, the reason why it's so expensive is because it's Silicon Valley, right? And so, you know, theoretically, most of the people, although I wouldn't say all of the people, um, can afford to live there, um, but it's still it, it's it's very expensive. And in Detroit is, you know, on the lower end of the spectrum, it's actually right around where Finley is. Um, but, you know, it's still, but, it's still a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, uh, as big cities go, like I said, there are uh, issues, a whole different set of issues, but issues nonetheless that they grapple with, uh, with respect mm-hmm. to, uh, to all that. And I guess at the end of the day, I don't know that you make a meaningful com- comparison between Finley, Ohio and San Jose, California, or even between Finley and Detroit for that matter. But when you make the comparison regionally, you're looking like places uh, uh, comparing Finley against Lima or Kenton or Bowling Green, places like that nearby. Again, we're mm-hmm. right there in the middle and the principle is the same. The middle is pretty much where you would want to be, I think. I think so. Definitely. So there's really fascinating stuff and, and, 
there's so much data there that we can only kind of hit the highlights, but people can take a real deep dive into the numbers uh, online. You have all of this information uh, there at your website, right? Yeah, it's all here. It's on doxo.com in the uh, doxo insights section. And, you know, we really, we strive to make this information available so that folks um, can know and understand, you know, how much uh, the residents of this community are paying on average for things like auto and loan, auto insurance, rent, mortgage, utilities, um, and mobile and cable in particular, because those are actually uh those are actually bills that you can negotiate. And so if you're armed with this knowledge and you know how much folks in your community are paying for their mobile phone bills and or their cable, um, you can go to your provider and say, look, I'm paying this amount, but everyone else is paying this amount. Mm. And it really makes a stronger case. You know, you're, you're in a way you're armed with knowledge. Again, it is fascinating, uh, some fascinating insights there as to what it actually costs to live here as compared to other places around the country. Really, uh, some eye-opening data. Liz Powell is director of Doxo Insights. Um, Again, mention the website where folks can get that uh, information uh, and and this report. Sure, it's doxo.com, D-O-X-O.com. And if you just go to the Doxo Insights section of the website, we have data there for more than 4,000 cities across the U.S. Liz, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we hear the stories in the news with increasing frequency. The threats to business cybersecurity have never been greater. And because of our increased reliance on technology, the consequences have never been more substantial. It is that time of year again for the annual Information Assurance Forum, uh, which is uh, coming up here uh, later this month. Uh, The uh, theme being no network, no internet, now what? Lauren Wagner is with us, uh, Director of uh, Risk and Technical Services at Centricom, Senior Lecturer in the Computer Sciences Department at the University of Findlay. And uh, as I mentioned, 21 years, we were just uh, talking before we went on the air for the Information Assurance Forum. Uh, How has... How has uh, this evolved over the past couple of decades? I mean, compared to where we were 21 years ago when this started, it's probably, I want to say night and day, but that's probably not even, (laughs) it's probably even more than that. When when I think back, thinking about that question, and um, there was a group of us in Finlay that were involved in what was called then the Telecommunications Infrastructure Committee. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, the whole idea of that was to bring in higher capacity communications, and everybody then was still doing dial-up. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. So the, 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 the concept of this always on, always available, and then that transition to the workforce Mm-hmm. And, and and becoming more dependent on it as, as well yeah. has been huge. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not as though threats weren't there, right. but the uh, constant nature of the threat. They uh, were on floppy disks then. Right, <laughs> right. Know? And you mentioned uh, dial-up, and I, I can remember uh, in the early days of connectivity, in the early days of the Internet, uh, many businesses discouraged uh, their workers from spending any time on the internet uh, at all while they were at work. Now we rely on it. Right, absolutely. It and especially a, since the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? That that was such a huge transition. Yeah. 
there uh you know when when people were were fo- forced really to be working from home mm-hmm. um and not really quite ready for it you know the companies weren't really quite ready for it right the, the systems weren't in place the security wasn't in place uh it became a pretty significant issue really quick and just in the couple of years since then as you mentioned we weren't necessarily ready when it happened are we any more ready now i mean it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube now mm-hmm. that we you know have all of these uh, technologies that we're relying on people working remotely at least part of the time moving forward and we hear about this uh hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube but are we any better in any better of a place now than we were when all of this started i i think so I, I think it might depend an awful lot on the size of the company and the nature of the business that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's really uncomfortable to do banking sure. from home. Right. right? You know, there's right. there just some some industries that are more security conscious, if you will, mm-hmm. hopefully. Right. Um, but uh, but then for a lot of organizations, it, it, it has helped them out to some extent, too. Yeah. It's made it a lot a lot more options from an employment perspective sure because you're not near as concerned about where the where the person is living mm-hmm. is what, what right. we were you know three years ago yeah and that all actually leads to the question again as we were saying at the outset uh we hear the stories with increasing frequency about the threats to cybersecurity for businesses ransomware attacks and and so on are they becoming more prevalent or are we just becoming more cognizant of them more aware of them i think it's both um they have definitely become more prevalent the Mm -hmm. statistics for 2021 are just they're they're mind-blowing yeah um one of the uh one of the big issues have been what they call business email compromise which which starts with the with a phishing attack right that's a become a 2.4 billion dollar business mm-hmm in 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 almost double what it was just a couple of years ago yeah and ransomware itself is you know around 50 million that's reported but a lot more than that that doesn't get reported to the fbi for example and again because we rely on this infrastructure more and more i mean it's really not realistic to think of a closed system architecture with technology in a business uh, anymore it's it's not realistic to think of okay we're going to take our uh, local company wide network and completely cut it off from those threats from the outside yeah absolutely and and that's become more prevalent as well i mean it used to be companies had primarily private connections to mm-hmm. networks yeah and and then it started evolving more and more towards the internet mm-hmm. the internet was never really designed for that and it really wasn't designed for security at all it was designed to enable uh communications between entities and people mm-hmm. so uh it, it's um it's been quite a change that's that's interesting you bring that up uh, and and maybe if we have that sort of uh, knowledge and mindset going in, then we can be better prepared uh, or more cognizant of this, knowing that the internet wasn't designed for security to begin with. That's not that wasn't the high priority. Now we think if it were being uh, invented now, you would hope that that would be a high priority. But certainly in the early days, that wasn't it. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and and unfortunately for some companies, 
it still isn't. Yeah. You know, they, they still think that it's not going to affect them, that they don't have anything anybody wants. Well, what, what mm-hmm. they want, what the bad guys want is your money. Yeah. That, that, that's it. They're yeah. after your money and they're, and they're doing a pretty good job at it. And increasingly, and it kind of goes to the topic of the uh, IA forum, no network, no internet. Now, what is this denial of service uh, attack where they basically shut you off, cut you off from the internet, which is the lifeblood of so many companies these days, as we were talking, uh, and basically hold your system at ransom. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and what we're focusing on this year is incident response. Uh, so recognizing that it's, it's going to happen, likely to happen, mm-hmm. what do you do when it it's does? It's not if, but when. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, our, our keynote here, Taryn Williams with Department of Homeland Security, is not only going to update people on the realities of today, but also run through some tabletop exercises that that has people thinking about, okay, here's a scenario, mm-hmm. what do we do about it? Yeah. And different companies at tables talking about their particular issues, I think it's going to be a very enlightening session. What are some of, you know, maybe uh, some uh, examples of things that, uh, companies can do to better protect themselves uh, and, and better respond to the when, not if scenario? Yeah. Well, well knowledge is key. Mm-hmm. Under, understanding, you know, what phishing is, what it looks like, and, and paying attention to these emails you get. One of the most popular ones that people fall for is, is from the appears to come from friends. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, look at our pictures we took on vacation yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um they're very, very good at what they're doing. Yeah. And it, it, but in most cases, a sharp eye or a little bit of um, wariness, mm-hmm. you know, can pay big dividends. Yeah. The other thing is companies having backups, um, because the, you know, when on ransomware, that's the whole idea. They capture your data mm-hmm. and they hold it for ransom. Right. Um, and if you don't have good backups to restore from. Your your options are pretty limited. Yeah. Uh, and again. This is not groundbreaking stuff. This is a lot of this stuff has been talked about before and emphasized uh, in the past, uh, but it becomes even more important in the current environment. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a matter of time and money, mm-hmm. and then sometimes for business operations, it's a matter of their business being successful or or going bankrupt. Too. Yeah. Now the Information Assurance Forum is coming up later this month, right? Yep. Wednesday, October twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. And it's on it's from, I think the doors open at nine forty-five. It there's no cost; it's free. And if you register by next Wednesday, the nineteenth, lunch is free as well. Oh, awesome! So uh, can't beat that. Great deal. Uh, and this is open to all. And yep. again, as we were saying, a lot of times, especially small businesses, uh, local businesses, think you know how big of a risk is this for for my company i'm just kind of small potatoes but a lot of times it's those little guys that the uh uh pirates and the scammers and so on will go after sure knowing that the defenses are you read about the big ones right yeah Mm -hmm. but but the fact is there's more little ones than there are big ones because Mm -hmm. the bad guys know yeah they have relatively weak defenses and they're easy targets yeah so uh it is uh, certainly a, a day a half a day uh long people will get a lot out of uh of this absolutely so. yeah very well very much worth their time so uh how do folks uh register for this uh, you can go to iaforum.net 
and that will redirect you to the chambers page that allows you to to sign up okay very easy and again it is open to all we have the link up at our webpage as well for the annual information assurance program no network no internet now what it is uh enough to strike fear in the hearts of business owners or should be uh anywhere but people come away from this uh probably more prepared and more at ease that they are ready to handle the when not if absolutely hopefully it's a call to action yeah Again, uh, Lauren Wagner with us, uh, Centricom and the University of Finley. Uh, Lauren, thanks as always for joining us. We Thank appreciate you, Chris. it. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County veteran services uh so two men in denver colorado two men are uh, facing charges uh after an automobile accident police say the uh, two gentlemen were each driving lamborghinis when they were sitting next to each other on a stoplight uh spear boulevard happened thursday night started revving their engines you know what that means you're sitting next to a car and it starts revving its engine you know what's coming next right uh, so these two guys are driving Lamborghinis, sitting in a stoplight, revving their engines. When the light changed, the cars started racing each other. Uh, the race suddenly ended when they crashed into a third vehicle in front of fire station number one. <laughs> well, Lisa was right there in front of the fire station. So uh, one of the uh, Lamborghinis caught fire uh, after the crash, although it was put out fairly quickly because, you know, they crash right in front of the fire station. Uh, the uh, driver of that car may be facing a really expensive repair bill, uh, but both are facing charges of DUI. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and uh, police also point out uh, that uh, at least one of the drivers was unable to provide proof of insurance at the time of the incident. How is it that you can afford a Lamborghini and you can't insure it uh let's see here this is a uh, story of another officer involved shooting in the headlines but, but this one i i don't think that this investigation will last too long and i don't think it'll be very controversial this in columbus georgia where police allegedly encountered a man who was armed with a knife on uh, saturday morning early saturday morning the Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, says the man then went inside his home and came back out with a compound bow, which he pointed at officers. And that's when they opened fire. <laughs> yeah, you're staring at the opposite end of a compound bow. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> Let's see here. The fire department in San Jose, California, has a bit of a scandal on its hands. Apparently, uh, internal affairs, the fire department is investigating a now viral video of a stripper wearing nothing but a bikini and platform stilettos exiting one of its fire trucks and walking into the Pink Poodle Strip Club. <laughs> Not that there's, I mean, a stripper walking into... A strip club 
is not necessarily scandalous in and of itself, but the fact that there was a fire truck involved <laughs> does raise some eyebrows. Uh, the uh, video was uploaded uh, by the... Was this the official San Jose Fire Department Instagram account? I'm not sure where this uh, exactly showed up online, but they uh, captioned the nighttime video with two sobbing emojis. The video sees the bikini-clad woman opening the back passenger side door before getting out of the vehicle, which had, which had its lights flashing and walking into the club. Uh, local TV reporters reached out to the department regarding the video, and the fire chief responded, quote, an investigation has been initiated to determine facts surrounding the video, unquote. Um, <laughs> it goes on to say the video seemingly captures inappropriate behavior that violates the San Jose City Code of Ethics. Really? Does the San Jose City Code of Ethics specifically um, <clears throat> cover that particular scenario? Uh, that sounds very detailed. There's a... Um, <laughs> the mayor of San Jose says more must be done. If the investigation concludes that this video is as bad as it looks, then heads must roll. Stay tuned. <clears throat> uh, even the uh, owner of the pink poodle was uh, shocked by the video. <laughs> the big scandal in uh, San Jose. Stay tuned. I have a feeling there will be a follow up to that story. Uh, did, did you hear about the, the uh, latest uh, passenger bad behavior on board an airline's flight? Uh, happened on a United flight from Miami to D.C. involving a passenger by the name of Logan Sevilla. Is that how you pronounce it? Sevilla? Sevilla? Uh, apparently, he is accused of uh, causing a commotion, shouting obscenities, and groping a female flight attendant. <laughs> The flight crew subdued Mr. Sevilla and handcuffed him to one of the uh, chairs. Uh, Mr. Sevilla later said that he was not totally surprised at the way he acted because he had just taken a hallucinogenic drug right before the flight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. I took a hallucinogen. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a magic mushrooms or... But it uh, had some acid or, you know, what have you. Not sure exactly what he took, but he said he was not totally surprised. He has apologized and is set to appear in court this week. Uh, United Airlines, for their part, released a statement thanking their crew for their handling of the situation. <laughs> he had a bad trip and a bad flight. Bad trip in more ways than one. Yeah, exactly. And uh, finally, in the broken news this morning... If you lived next to a playground, um, that would not necessarily be a bad thing, right? You know, the sound of children playing off in the distance, the playground. And maybe if you had kids or grandkids, you know, the playground would be right there. That'd be kind of nice. <laughs> but what if you lived next to a playground that installed musical instruments for the kids to try day in and day out? <laughs> now, that might get a little annoying, uh, in Orland Park, Illinois, uh, men living next to a playground decided to uh, make parents, uh, make the kids' parents clutch their pearls. The anonymous homeowner lives next to the Prairie Elementary School playground, which added musical instruments a couple of years ago. 
He said his quality of life suffered as as did uh, his remote job from the constant noise. He begged city and school officials to remove or at least move the instruments. But as his requests fell on deaf ears, he took matters into his own hands. When the kids began making a racket, he whipped out his boombox and played uh, uncensored adult songs. <laughs> he uh, did make sure that he kept the music below the noise level, the village code. So when police were called, they couldn't really do anything since he technically wasn't breaking any rules. It was below the uh, noise threshold. The man continued playing the vulgar music until the school removed the musical instruments, all except for one single bell. In turn, the homeowner stopped playing the suggestive songs. He said he is now talking with the school about resolutions. <laughs> he said, I just wanted someone to listen. That's what I just wanted someone to listen. And now they are. So, an extreme solution, but it worked. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report to this update on the odd and unusual side of the news. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Ladies, if you are feeling run down, if you are feeling overworked and exhausted at home, the housework, the chores, daily chores, and so on, you are not alone. It turns out that women are more likely to spend double the amount of time than men are when it comes to caregiving, tackling household chores, and doing housework. All tasks that can lead to a greater impact on mental health and even burnout, according to a new study in the medical journal The Lancet. Researchers analyzed data from 19 separate studies, which included metrics from over 70,000 individuals around the world. So this is no small set of data. 70,000 individuals around the world. They found that women in the U.S., spend about four and a half hours per day caring for their families and the upkeep of their homes, while men, by comparison, spend 2.8 hours a day on the same or similar tasks. Four and a half hours for women, 2.8 hours a day for men. All of the household work and caregiving, uh, so-called invisible labor, unpaid work, you know, just the, the household chores, can in turn take a major toll on women's mental health as a result. That includes everything from packing up the kids' lunches in the morning, getting them off to school, getting them back from school, getting them to soccer practice, and so on and so forth, playing chauffeur. As, uh, you know, we, we talk about that, uh, that saying, soccer moms, and that is very true. It is often mom. And uh, that can take a toll. 
Uh, Eve Rodsky, who is a mom and a best-selling author of the book Fair Play, says the type of unpaid labor that women take on can be a factor in women's mental health just as much as the amount of time that is spent doing it. She says men hold the cards that they can do on their own timetable, like mowing the lawn, whereas women are the ones who still, to this day, are responsible for tasks like meal planning and uh, grocery shopping and uh, getting their children you know, to and from where they need to be, tending to the children when they're sick, if the school calls. All of these things, you know, mowing the lawn, you can do kind of whenever. All of these other things uh, are pretty much drop everything and have to do them when they need to be done. Uh, Ms. Rodsky has come up with a dirty dozen of these trying chores for moms, which include everything from throwing out the garbage and doing laundry to policing kids' screen time and uh, dealing with discipline for the kids. Kind of does make lawn care pale in comparison, (laughs) doesn't it? So the long and short of it is, the moral of the story, guys, we need to uh, help out uh, our wives, our girlfriends, uh, with more of the household chores to relieve some of that uh, that stress. Uh, if they seem irritable, if they seem grouchy, if they seem burnt out, um, now maybe look in a mirror and see what we can do to help them out in that regard. Well, Halloween season may be about all things scary, but the scariest thing for a homeowner this time of year can be those uh, odd noises or odd smells that you get from uh, appliances or home systems that may be going on the fritz. How do you know if you're not a repair expert especially? Well, joining us this morning is the guy who would know. Uh, Mark Dawson is president and chief executive officer of Authority Brands Trade Brands. Mark, how does a homeowner a assess uh you know figure out where all of those you know strange noises smells what have you may be coming from well as as many people think there are ghosts and goblins that uh, cause those issues in the home (laughs) really there's always an underlying uh, cause you can find so let's talk about that from the electrical side first so a lot of times you're sitting at the house and your lights will flicker uh and that usually is uh, caused by a common occurrence, which is a power surge. So when your large appliance turns on, your your furnace turns on, uh, so you'll those lights will flicker. Nothing to worry about, no ghost. Everything's good. However, if those lights are flickering when those things aren't running uh, or turning on, then you may have a different issue. You may want to have someone come out, look at the panel, look at your breakers, just make sure you're all set and good and that you and your family is protected. Uh, when it comes to... I don't know, some of those weird smells. Mm-hmm. Talk about your plumbing, which, which you, you always want your plumbing to be in good working order, right? Especially during the holidays when you've got a lot of guests uh, coming in and out of the house. So, sure. you know, from time to time, you, you may get a gassy smell out of, the, out of your drains. You may get a slow drain. Usually that's caused by improper ventilation. So you actually have a vent that runs through the roof of the house that uh, gives you proper ventilation that prevent those things from happening. If they do happen, then you've probably got a clogged drain there. You're going to want to have a professional come out and unclog the drain. Whatever you do, do not get your broom and fly up to the roof. 
uh, and don't get on that roof. That's not your job. Let, let a professional take care of that. And then last but not least, on the uh, HVAC side, your furnace, uh, you know, it's getting cold. People start to turn that the the, the heater on mm-hmm. and, and knock off the cool uh, the, the the cold. So, if you've got a gas and you start to smell rotten eggs, well, that's probably a, a little bit of a gas leak. That happens from time to time. Have a, have a professional come out, take a look at that as well. Just make sure you're protected and your family's protected. You know, one of the things, uh, and we've talked about this before, it's worth mentioning again, are the uh, preventive maintenance that will keep. Uh, some of these things from happening. I mean, you know, so often we tend to not think about these things until we have a problem, but a little preventive maintenance goes a long way to making sure that you don't have a problem. Absolutely right. So, you know, those things break down at the worst possible time, right? And so you want to make sure that you're doing a little bit of maintenance. It's kind of like you take care of yourself ongoing throughout the year. You want to take care of the house as well. So, from the electrical side, have someone come out, do an inspection once a year, look at that uh, electrical panel, make sure your breakers are in good working order, uh, check the smoke detectors, things like that. Uh, when it comes to the plumbing side, well, we want to drain that water heater uh, once a year so we get all that sediment that builds up, in the, builds up in the bottom of the water heater out of there. It gives you a longer-lasting, uh, better productive uh, water heater. And then from the HVAC side, we're going to want to check that as well. We want to make sure we uh, change the filters when we can. We may want to have our duct, uh, air ducts cleaned out so we have good, clean air coming through the system. So if you do those things, uh, you'll be in good order. When you don't take care of those things, you usually, like I said, uh, it, it happens and it breaks down at the worst possible time. Right. Uh, any other do's and don'ts uh, in terms of getting our home ready for the cooler season ahead? Holiday is going to be right around the corner. Like you said, you, that's not the time you want things to go wrong. What are some of the other things that we need to uh, keep in our uh, keep in our mind? Yeah, so from an electrical standpoint, like I said, let's, let's check those smoke detectors. Let's check the batteries. Push the button. Make sure it works. Let's just let's be safe. Uh, from a plumbing standpoint, some things you don't want to do, right, during the holidays is don't, per, don't put fatty foods down the, the garbage disposal. That is a no-no. You're going to get a backup pretty quickly like that. And then on the HVAC side, let's make sure that we, like I said, we, talk, we, we, we change the filters out on a regular basis. We make sure the fittings are good. Make sure that the outside area is free of debris, that we don't block airflow. Uh, for our unit and we should be in good shape and good order for the holidays all right there's your checklist Uh, again mark dawson is president chief executive officer of authority brands trade brands mark thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it thank you you have a great day and that will finish up our podcast for today thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning and remember you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program by checking out our webpage, thatisgoodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow morning, the city of Findlay is about to get an upgrade to its public protection classification. Mayor Christina Mern and Fire Chief Josh Everly will join us to explain what that could mean for city residents. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.